March 1941, Mike Love, co-founder of the Beach Boys, was born in Los Angeles, California. The mystery film Footsteps in the Dark, starring Errol Flynn and Brenda Marshall, was released. And Superman saves a bunch of miners, the kind that work with coal. It happens in the next issue of Action Comics. Greetings, super friends, and welcome back to another death-defying episode of Reaction Comics, where today we are discussing, from March 1941, Action Comics number 34. Before we get too deep into our adventure, let's talk about what's on the cover of this uh, issue of Action Comics. Superman seems to be jumping down at these three bandits and I know they're bandits because they're wearing bandit masks they have they're you know they're they're really nicely dressed in, in suits um but two of them that we see have bandit masks so I'm assuming the third one has a bandit mask as well I wonder how many times I can say bandit mask um before I uh, get sick of it a, a bandit mask that should do it okay so he he's jumping down at them one of them uh, looks like he's running away. The other one seems to be uh, about to fire his pistol at an old soups. And this third guy has one of those old-fashioned um, dynamite exploding boxes. You know, like you push the switch down, the old-fashioned uh, explosive switch. And I'm assuming he, he's going to blow up this giant dam that is in the background. There's a dam holding water, and I'm assuming he's going to blow... Now... Based on what I'm seeing on this side of the dam, the water is pretty low. So it's obviously holding back whatever's on the other side. So that leads me to think that these three men, once once they push down the switch and explode the, the, the dynamite to, to take out the dam, they would be overcome by the water and um, would, be, would obviously be lost and, and drowned. So Superman stopping them is probably saving their life. That being said, this has absolutely nothing. Uh, to do with what we're about to see in issue number 34 of Action Comics. So let's get into, uh, let's get into it, right? Superman by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. This, this first photo, this first panel so, shows Superman, he looks like he's flying, but he's, he is at a, like, negative 45 degree angle. Like, he's coming down straight, looks like he's about to, like, I don't think he would be able to slow up in time, but he is streaking down into uh, this mountain area. It looks like it's right outside a coal mine because there's a runaway cart um, that is streaking along on these tracks, and they're about to um, uh, they're about to overtake this woman who's just kind of lying in the track. She's in an orange dress, blonde lady. Uh, she looks helpless on the tracks, and these um, this coal looks like it's about to. Uh, kill her, but Superman, of course, gets there. 
in time to stop her. Um, I don't know if this, it looks like this might actually have something to do with the story. It says, a fabulously rich coal mine in the heart of the rugged anthracite country where grimy miners burrow far below the Earth's surface seeking precious fuel. This is the setting for a thrill-packed mystery in which Superman thwarts a diabolical plot upon the life of a beautiful young heiress. So I assume the lady lying in the tracks is the heiress. Um, and I feel like this is a preview of what we're about to see. So then the next panel is actually the beginning of the story. Um, they're at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent is called into the Planet's editor's office. I've got an assignment for you, Clark. Doris Laurie, daughter of the late wealthy coal magnate and now under the guardianship of her uncle, has come of age and inherited the rich Laurel coal mines. I don't know why come of age just sounds creepy. And Clark's like, I don't see much of a yarn in that. And the editor just points at him. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he just points at him. He says, here's the point. The girl has refused all offers to sell the mines, but insists that she will take over the operation of the whole outfit herself. And that'd be a tough job for an even experienced mining engineer. Clarks is a beautiful young girl trying to run one of the biggest, toughest coal mines in the country? That is a story. A girl's trying to do something. I better get right on it. So Clark and Lois, uh, they drive out to the Lori Mines. Lois says, White says the Lori girl seems to be trying to avoid reporters. They're, they're not allowed to see her. So I like, it's obviously Perry White. I don't think we've seen the word the name Perry yet, but Lois is calling him White. Clark says, that's right. No one has been able to get an interview with her as yet, but I will. You seem pretty sure of yourself. What's your plan? The first thing is gaining admittance to the, the mining grounds. Then it shouldn't be hard to locate the elusive Miss Lori. Clark seems pretty confident. So arriving at the mine, the two reporters gain entrance to the guarded grounds by means of a hastily cooked up story. Clark says, we're students from State University. I'm taking a course in mining engineering. And Lois says, and I'm studying industrial economics. Do you mind if we look around a bit? And this guy, has got his hand on his hips. He's like, students, huh? That's okay. Go right ahead. And they, so they walk off and Clark says to Lois, now keep your eyes peeled for the lorry girl. She could be around here somewhere if she's running in these mines. There she is, Clark. I recognize her from the photos, Lois said. That must be her uncle with her. A pretty blonde girl emerges from a near mine entrance accompanied by a tall, elderly, hard-faced man. They're leaving shaft number three. I don't know how many shafts there are, um, but you're damn right they're leaving one. Um, she says, everything is going to be fine, Uncle Jim. That's Doris Laurie. Watch me get an interview. So Clark wastes no time. He says he's a student. Wastes no time going right up to her. Lois is like, wait, wait, Clark, you can't barge on her like that. And he says, I beg your pardon, Miss Laurie? She says, who are you? Just a minute, Doris. I'll, I'll speak to this fellow and find out what he wants, says the uncle. That's that's my voice for the uncle going forward, I guess. Clark says, I'm from the Daily Planet and a reporter? I gave orders that no reporters were to be admitted. Guard! What is it, Mr. Laurie? This stranger is annoying Miss Laurie. 
see that it doesn't happen again. Clark says, I only wanted to ask a few questions. And Lois says, see, Smarty, come on. He's like, stop, you can't do this to me. And then the guy shoves Clark. He goes, outside. And Clark goes, whoa. Now, I have to admit, uh, Lois is 100% right. Clark, what the hell are you doing? If you just sat there for a second and said, I'm a student and I was just curious, you know, and then start easing into some questions and then admit you're a reporter. I don't know if he has some sort of integrity where he can't lie. Um, but he gets shoved right outside and he says, I certainly put my foot into it that time. Outside the wired fence, which surrounds the mines, the chastened reporter steps behind a bush and removes his outer garment. Nowadays, you'd be arrested for that. So he's taking off his outer garments. We see Superman underneath. Luckily, no one's around. Doris's Uncle Jim seemed greatly perturbed when he heard I was from the Daily Planet. I must look into this further. And I'm saying it like that because he's leaping over the fence now. He reveals himself as Superman. He leaps easily over the high barbed fence. Oh, it's barbed wire. They don't want any ruffians in there. No trouble. A powerful leap carries the Man of Steel to the roof of a mine building. From here, I'll be able to keep my eyes on Mr. Jim Laurie. If he dislikes reporters, it may be because he has something to hide. Meanwhile, as this uncle, Laurie, leaves his niece long enough to whisper to a nearby person. Cold car into the mine when I give the signal. Okay, Jim, that'll be perfect. Atop the nearby building, Superman hears part of the whispered message. Like, Jim Laurie may not be up to mischief, but I don't trust him. I wish I could have heard all of that sentence. Doris, now we see outside shaft number five, uh, this Uncle Jim is with Doris. He says, Doris, I want you to see the new mine shaft. It's, it's almost finished. So the pair descend the narrow shaftway deep into the new deserted mine. Then, dot, dot, dot. You're such a dear to help me operate the mines, Uncle Jim. I want you to learn the mining game from A to Z, Doris. Now, take your time inspecting this new shaft. I must give an important order to Manager Crawford. I'll be back in a jiffy. So this dude brings Doris down into uh, this new mine and then leaves her there. He's like, you know, just uh, check it out. It's like when Jimmy told Karen, you know, I, I, to like look at the coats. He's like, yeah, yeah, go in there. Go right in there. Go right in there. And Karen was like, I don't know about this. I don't think old uh, Uncle Jim is, is up to much good. So leaving doors below, Jim Laurie hurries up the shaft. Pausing for a moment, he presses a mysterious switch attached to a beam in the wall. He presses the switch, I guess, and says, Crawford is ready. Smiling strangely, he leaves the mine. And he says out loud, no one will ever suspect. Well, they might if you over they overheard you. While back in the mine shaft, we see Doris. She's like, what can that strange noise be? It seems to be getting louder. Higher up the tunnel, a runaway coal car roars around a bend faster, faster. It goes down the incline. Okay, so now we're kind of seeing where that first panel is leading us to. The rumbling sound must be a runaway coal car coming down the track. This is Doris saying this out loud to herself. I can't escape it in this narrow shaft. Help! She yells, help! Doris's cries echo unheard in the empty shaft, but far above, on the roof of the mine building, the man of steel hears her call. He says, 
That cry came from Shaft 5. As he tries to enter, enter the mine, Superman finds his way blocked by two burly miners who suddenly step out of the shadows. So these two guys come out of nowhere, and Clark's like, someone called for help in there. And obviously, they're with Uncle Jim, because the first one's like, you're hearing things, pal, this mine is empty. We got orders to keep everyone out of the Shaft 5, so beat it. And Superman says, yeah, okay, whatever. Streaks right past them at an astonishing speed. And the guy says, hey, hey, what was that? A streak of lightning? Now, no, dude, it was the dude who was, it was the guy right next to you, dressed, you know, in tights. So while deep down in the shaft, the car hurtles toward Doris. How far away is this cart that it is hurtling? They, they planned a cart. We're going to set up a cart three miles away. Then we're going to run it. And hopefully Doris will be on the track at the time. And hopefully no one will notice. I'm going to get the hell out of here. So it, all this is going on. The cart's still coming. And the man of tomorrow dashes into the murky tunnel after the runaway in a race against death. That noise, Clark says, or Superman says, I'm sorry. It's a runaway coal car. We know it's a runaway coal car going at terrific speed down the shaft. It will crush whoever is in the path in this narrow tunnel. Doris hasn't moved. Hasn't moved a bit. She's like... Didn't look for a nook or someplace to hide. The terrified Doris has fled to the very bottom of the unfinished shaft. Okay, so she went lower, which actually is just going to give the car more speed, but gives her more time for somebody to figure things out. So Doris is like, the car, it's coming closer. Help! And Superman says this out loud for some reason. Doris's voice coming from the end of the shaft. I must, I must catch that car in time, but can I? <laughs> He's asking himself. So Superman leaps for the speeding coal car and, exerting his super strength, halts it tremendous weight inches away from the girl. She says, help! Oh! With a flip of his hand, the man of tomorrow sends the massive coal car hurtling back up the track. Then he turns to assist the terrified Doris, who is near collapse. Saved! I can hardly believe it. Looks like she's about to pass out. And Superman says, you certainly had a narrow escape. We must get you out of the mine immediately. I don't think that runaway coal car broke away by accident. Someone deliberately tried to kill you. But as they turn to leave the shaft, there's a terrific explosion in the tunnel ahead. Rocks and wooden stave... Staves? That's something. Rocks and wooden staves hurtle towards them. And she says, It's a cave-in! Superman said, Stand back. I'll shield you. And the only exit has been sealed up by tons of falling rock strata. I love the words. So now they show this giant explosion. Rocks and wood beams, everything flying everywhere. Superman just kind of puts one hand up. He's like, all right, yeah, stand back. I'll, I'll shield you. Now there's this giant like hill of rocks kind of covering the only, um, the only way out. So Superman says, this cave-in might have been caused by a gas pocket but it sounds like a bomb explosion to me. Superman. Buddy, first the runaway car, now the cave-in, and you're still like, hmm, it could have been just a, a natural occurrence. And Doris, now she's got her arm right on Superman, like, ooh, they're, they're touching a little too close. If uh, Well, I guess uh, Lois and him aren't an item, so Superman is available. Uh, Doris says, this is horrible. We'll never get out of here. We're buried alive. But Doris Laurie soon discovers that the Man of Steel is equal to the emergency. 
With a dynamic charge, he quickly blasts a pathway through the solid earth. Incredible, she says. He's pushing aside tons of rocks and earth with his bare hand. Who is she talking to? The only other person there is Superman. She should say, you're doing this. And Superman says, these boulders are just pebbles to me. And he is punching and smashing these rocks. With a single tremendous leap, Superman carries Doris past the cave and out of the mine and far up into the air. What an amazing experience, she said. So, I don't know where they landed. Maybe on the on a bridge or on the top of the some building? Uh, Superman says, I must, I must warn you to be on your guard. I think those quote-unquote accidents were deliberate attempts on your life. As Superman springs away, she says, There he goes, up, up, into the sky, faster than an airplane. Again, odd to say, but, and she, her arms are actually very funny. She has like one arm behind her and her hands kind of like, almost like she's like, would be a waitress holding a tray. And her other hand is out extending, like she's singing a giant Broadway tune. The way these, I don't know, it's weird. But all of a sudden, um, there's Uncle Jim. Oh, oh Doris, oh, I, I'm, I'm glad you're safe. I, I heard there was a cave-in at the new shaft. Yes, uh, I was almost crushed by a, a runaway coal car. Superman saved me. Superman? Wait, there's no such person, my dear. You'll probably think that it's just my hysterical imagination after my narrow escape. But I tell you, he carried me out of the mine and up into the sky with the speed of a bullet. So we got airplane and bullet. We got a lot of, like, Superman uh, uh, descriptions here. Meanwhile, the Man of Steel returns to his identity as Clark Kent. He says, I'm certain that someone sinister, some sinister person is trying to get Doris out of the way. But why? Re-entering Shaft 5, he descends to the scene of the cave and finds... The remains of a bomb? This is Clark saying this. The remains of a time bomb. That was the cause of the cave-in. Father up the shaft, Clark discovers the switch that Jim Lurie had pulled after leaving Doris. And this switch, I'll wager it has something to do with our runaway mystery coal car. He's leaving. Now he gets out of shaft five. He's like, this is turning out to be a really big story. Clark, it does seem like a big story. Maybe you should call the police too. I know you're Superman, you can solve it all yourself, but they don't know that. So as Clark is leaving the mine shaft, that, that guy at the beginning, I don't even know if he has a name, the one who told them they could hang out because he, Clark lied and said they were students, he says, oh, it's you again. I thought I threw you out before. Oh, yeah, he also threw Clark out of the mine. Clark's like, uh-oh, snooping around again, eh? I ought to knock your head off. But first, I'll take you to the manager's office. Clark's like, take your, take your hands off me. Because remember, Clark Kent is a coward. The guard brings Kent to see the manager Crawford in the mine building. So there's a, there's a gym, there's a woman who runs it, and there's manager Crawford. The guy says, uh, I caught this reporter hanging around the new shaft. And um, Clark says, you can't get away with this. I found out plenty. You better quit meddling, the manager said been equipped meddling with matters that don't concern you, young man. Is that so? said Clark. Well, I've discovered evidence that someone deliberately tried to injure Miss Laurie. What do you say to that? <laughs> Bosh! I've had enough of this. Guard, throw him out. Wow, this guy kind of looks like Richard Nixon. Not quite, I don't know. A little bit. Uh, and the guy says, come on, you. Clark says, but, but surely... 
And the manager says, I said throw him out. And don't call me Shirley. Okay, he didn't say that part, but how could I, how could I resist? So the guard takes Clark to the exit gate. Then he says, now get this chum. If I catch you around here again, it'll be just too bad. Clark's like, I, 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 I won't come back. And then he says, now get out and stay out. And he punches Clark. And Clark says, ouch, now he's thinking. I must act as if this blow really hurts me. Out of view, Clark removes his civilian clothes once again. Those fellas are up to no good. Doris Laurie's life may be in danger at this very moment. I wonder why he thinks sometimes, but, but really says things out loud to himself a lot more. I always find that curious. So Clark jumps over the fence and the guy, the guy's now he's Superman. Superman jumps over the fence and the guy says, see, I don't know who you are, but you can't come in here. And Superman just says, well, that's what you think. He then grabs the guy and boom, tosses the guard upon the barbed fence so that he hangs suspended. So this dude is hanging from the barbed wire from his coat. I feel like the barbed wire shouldn't be that strong. Just kind of take off your coat, guy. And the guy says, help, let me down. Clark said, Superman says, take it easy, pal. You've had enough exercise for today. Now to go to Jim Laurie's office in the main mine building. I may discover something interesting. Within the office, Jim Laurie consoles Doris, overwrought from her close call. I, I'm still weak from that terrible experience, Uncle Jim. Here, here, drink some of this. Uh, it'll make you feel better. Hanging outside the office window, because that's what Superman loves to do, Superman's X-ray vision enables him to see that Laurie is offering his niece a poisoned drink. Don't drink that, Superman. Now he is, he is like flying into the room at it, it, it just crazy speed. He's screaming, don't drink that. It's deadly poison. Why, it's Superman, she says. And Jim, Uncle Jim's like, huh? Now, I'm curious. How the hell does Superman know it's um, poison by x-ray vision? What is he? He can see the molecules? So Doris says, I can't believe that this drink is poisoned. Yes, Doris, says Superman. Your kind uncle was trying to poison you. Give me that drink and I'll prove it to you. Pay no attention to him, Doris. He's lying. You claim this is a harmless drink, huh? Uh, drink it then. And then Uncle Jim says, No, no, don't, don't make me. I don't want to die. <laughs> Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim, then you did plan to kill me. Uh, yeah, seems like it. Now this is when he gives it all up. Yes, this costume meddler has spoiled my plans. I may as well confess to everything. <laughs> Crawford and I were planning to do away with you and gain, thus can gain control of the Lorry Mines. Now there's nothing for me to do but pay the penalty for my crimes. This elevator will take us to the ground. <laughs> oh, okay, everything seems perfect. So um, Doris and Superman get into this, this elevator, and Superman says there's plenty of evidence to convict you of attempted murder, Laurie. So they walk right into the elevator as Uncle Jim just says, you know, go right in here, everything's fine. Uh, you idiots. <laughs> Superman and Doris enter the quote-unquote elevator, uh, Lori remains outside. Quick as a flash, he slams the heavy door, locking them in. And Superman's like, this is no elevator. And uh, how, how Boston was that? This is no elevator. 
And then Dora says, oh, I see now, it's a decompression room for the miners. He can adjust the air pressure at will. Doris, you don't know where the elevators are in the mine you run? That's on you. That's on you. So while outside, Lori turns the um, control to the highest air pressure. He says, no human can stand this air pressure. It will burst their lungs and I'll be rid of both of them. Inside the uh, decompression room, Superman says, my own lungs can stand any pressure, but I must get her out of here at once or it'll be too late. Now, he says her. She's right next to you. Doris is like, you're talking about me, right? She says, oh, gasp, I can hardly breathe. Through the solid steel wall of the deadly decompression chamber crashes the man of tomorrow carrying Doris with him. What? This is impossible. This, that's what uh, Uncle Jim is saying. He's like, ah, he puts his hand up and he's like, he's freaked out. And through the wall, uh, they're smashing through and, and Superman says, that was a murderous plan, Lori, but, the, but you forgot my super strength. Ripping off some of the metal piping from the walls. I'm sure that is fine. They don't need the piping. I mean, what if there was an explosion? There was just all this decompression chamber. Now, Superman just ripped some piping off the wall. He twisted around Lori from head to foot, the mighty hands bending the iron pipes like strands of rope. So he took this, this pipe and just completely wrapped this, this guy up in them. And he's like, well, what, what are you doing with me? He says, I've had enough of your playful little tricks. This iron piping will hold you until the police get here. You, you don't think old Uncle Jim is done yet, right? He says, I still have one more trick up my sleeve. This is when he's all kind of wrapped up in the piping. If I can't have these mines, no one else will. A giant time bomb planted in the main shaft is due to explode in exactly 10 seconds. Um, why would you tell them that? And when was this set off? And what if you did win? Would you have been able to run down and turn off the bomb? I mean, what, what, this is, um, it's not really well planned out. Let's put it this way. He says, just as you crashed through the wall, I pulled the switch which started the time fuse in the mine. Okay. Okay, that answers that question. There's nothing you can do to stop the explosion, so I have the last left after all. And, um, really, really, Jim, you think that? So Doris is like, a blast in the main cave, the shaft will cave in all the miners. Hundreds of miners will be crushed and entombed. This is what she says. Hundreds of miners will be crushed and entombed. I don't know why that just, the, the wording, I love the wording. Clark says, I mean, sorry, Superman says, nine seconds to go. <laughs> like, he, he's like, you want to bet? Here I go. Now if the, so he jumps off. He goes, nine seconds to go as he leaves them. So he's outside the shaft and he says, there's the main shaft. Now if my superhuman faculties can locate the hidden bomb before streaking into the main shaft with the blinding speed, Superman quickly finds the time bomb by means of his super hearing. That faint ticking, that faint ticking sound of the time bomb led me to it. Yeah, obviously. So seizing the bomb, he leaps out of the mine and high up into the air. And the next moment, there is a terrific explosion. Superman says, I made it just in time. And he's like up in the air and there's a giant explosion behind him. And it says, wham. Descending, he sees Crawford fleeing. 
Wait, wait, which one's Crawford? Oh, he's the guy, he's the manager of the mine. That's right. Superman says, not so fast, Crawford. Laurie's confession showed me that you were his accomplice. Superman binds the two culprits with the strips of iron piping. Then he calls the police. So he had to, the way this looks, he had to take all the piping off, off um, Laurie, Jim, and then put him and Crawford together, then more piping all around him again. And um, Superman tells Doris, Crawford sent the coal car into the shaft when Laurie gave him the signal. They are both guilty of attempted murder. The police will arrive shortly. I owe you my life. And you saved the lives of hundreds of miners by removing that bomb. So, okay. I guess he just leaves. Meanwhile, Lois drives back to Metropolis, disappointed at her failure to interview Doris Laurie. Oh, so Lois missed all of this. So Clark got thrown out of the mine and Lois just left him there? Oh my God. Um, oh well, she says. I don't think there was much of a story at the with that Laurie girl after all. I wonder where Clark went after they threw him out. I mean, he couldn't have gone far. You took the car, lady. And then in the final frame of this issue, it says, at the planet office. Hello, Lois, Superman said. I'm sorry, now he's just Clark. Hello, Lois, Clark said. Have you heard the news? For once, Superman helped me get a scoop. She says, what? And then uh, the editor, Mr. White, says, this is terrific, Clark. Doris Laurie in narrow escape from death. Her uncle involved in a plot on her life. What a story. And Clark got it. And thus ends issue number 34 of Action Comics. And I got to tell you, that was a kind of boring issue. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Clark goes to a coal mine with Lois. And they're like, get out of here. There's no story here. And Lois is like, all right, I'll leave. Leaves Clark behind. Turns into Superman. Um, I guess, I mean, there's a runaway coal car. I mean, I thought that was, those cars were cool, uh, around, you know, when I saw Temple of Doom the first time. There was a bomb. So, okay, there was a, a cave-in. Um, but it was like, you know, just a couple of, couple of dudes trying to strong arm a lady out of the mine that is rightfully hers. And there's some risks on her life, but, and I guess, yeah, true, there was a chance when, um, Hundreds of miners could be uh, uh, entombed down there, but Clark used his super hearing to get the bomb. Superman used his super hearing. I mean, Clark's just a reporter. Um, but overall, nothing exciting. Nothing super, no like super villain. Just a couple of bad guys, you know, trying to uh, trying to force their way over taking over a business. I just wish, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't any craziness as far as like Superman didn't do anything that was completely outlandish. He didn't, he wasn't, you know, rude or, or like overly violent. Uh, I mean, I guess he threw the guy up on the, on the uh, fence, but I, I don't know whatever happened to that guy. He must still be up there. Um, but not my favorite, not my favorite adventure. Um, especially after, you know, covering that, that bonkers Christmas special. Um, this one was, you know, uh, not as exciting, but it it had Superman in it, so I, I like it no matter what. So I, I think I think that's it. I don't know what did we learn here. I like to talk about sometimes what we learned. 
Well, we learned that Superman um, still loves talking to himself out loud. Sometimes he thinks, a lot of the time he just talks to himself out loud. He uses his super hearing. Um, he, he, he is faster than a runaway coal car. Uh, this Doris woman completely seemed to be infatuated with him. But I noticed that the, the Uncle Jim said Superman doesn't exist. So he's still a mythic type figure. It's not like, um, you know, you see on the news, Batman saves someone or Superman saves someone. He's this well-known, you know, hero and, and, and savior of Metropolis or Gotham or, or, or whatever place uh, the superhero lives. He's still this like, I don't know if that's a real thing. It's, it's still early on in the, uh, in the Superman world. I guess early on enough. I mean, we're 34 issues in. We're almost two years of... Um, we're over two years. What am I talking about? We're almost three years into Superman. And there's still people out there who's like, you know, I, I don't think that he's a real thing. So that's interesting. I always find that interesting. Um, other than that, I also found it interesting that Lois just left. And she's driving home like, huh, I wonder whatever became of that Clark Kent. Oh, he got the big story. Oh, oops. She just gave up real quickly. Um, but other than that, you know, that's about it. I can't think of anything else uh, we learned here. But um, Happy New Year, everybody. For those people who are like just way behind or, or catching up or listening i mean you know these these i try to make these as evergreen as possible obviously the christmas issue uh and the christmas episode came out uh you know on christmas so that was the point of that but uh for for those of you who are you know keeping up on the up and up this is the first issue the first episode of 2022 uh 2021 ended uh with only i think one episode in november and then, or I, it ended early in November, and then uh, nothing happened until Christmas. That was a little surprise. Uh, but I look forward to trying to get back into the swing of things and giving you a weekly adventure of Superman uh, in 2022. We're coming up on almost our first year of uh, our first year anniversary. We don't quite have 52 episodes because there were some weeks here missing here and there. but. Um, you know, we've almost been around for a year and I look forward to keep doing this, uh, until I catch up on action comics. And by that time I should be well into my two hundreds. So hopefully, um, I medical science will evolve enough to allow me to stay alive enough to continue to do this podcast. Um, but if not, I'm just going to keep doing it until I don't want to do it anymore. And I keep wanting to do it. Because I love seeing this rich history of Superman, seeing it start to evolve. Um, there hasn't been gr- a great, there's been a, like, definitely the, the art has gotten better. But now, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, some of this has been ghost drawn by guest artists. Uh, but it will be really cool to start seeing some more of the Superman, you know, m- the things that you know well about him. And um, I don't want to read too far to see when's the first time this was noticed or when the first time is that was noticed because I'd like to discover it on my own. Um, so we have 
an abundance of, of content to get through. Uh, we'll be doing this for the rest of my life, hopefully. And hopefully you'll be watching, you'll be listening for the rest of your life, too. That sounds ominous, but I, but I mean it. Hopefully you're with us forever and ever and ever. It's worth the price, right? All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for subscribing. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality and on Instagram at Geek Mentality, and the show has its own Instagram at Reaction Comics. The website is fansonexperts.com. The Facebook page is Fans on Experts. We are Reaction Comics. Tell a Superman fan about us. Have us check us out, or have them check us out. I'm, I'm getting tired now, so I'm going to stop. So, my friends, once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And remember, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So long, super friends. Happy New Year. Fans not experts.